Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. The Apostle Paul dealt with culture shock, let me tell you. When he showed up in Athens, do you remember how overwhelmed he was with a city that was wholly given to idolatry? And when he leaves there, he heads to a place known as Corinth. Now, one ancient writer said that Corinth was the city where none but the tough could survive. When the Apostle Paul showed up at Corinth, again, there is a great spiritual conflict. There is a battle between two worlds, this world and God's world. Uh, The work that Satan is trying to do and the work that God wants to get done. And it's in that context, in Acts chapter number 18, where the Lord Jesus says one of the most precious, powerful things uh, ever written on the pages of Holy Scripture to the Apostle Paul. Now listen to the opening verses. Beginning in verse 1 of Acts 18, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. Now, we'll, we'll study more about Aquila and Priscilla as the chapter continues later in our study, but let me just point out to you that it is in a very difficult place where the Lord gave Paul reinforcements. Isn't that wonderful? God knows when and how to get you encouragement. And so the Lord sent this spiritual couple alongside him to encourage him and help him along the way. Verse 4 says, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. There's two parts to this verse. He reasoned, that's an appeal to the mind. And then he persuaded, that's an appeal to the heart and to the will. Uh, When we teach and preach the Bible, we have to do both. We have to give a reasonable, reasonable, logical explanation of truth. But we must go deeper than that because we're not just trying to convey facts and data. No, we're, we're going after the heart. We're seeking the will for Christ. And this is where persuasion comes in. The Bible says in verse 5, And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. I love this. Uh, The the Lord is putting fresh courage into him and a fresh stirring in him so that he'll speak boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all have to have this. Verse 6 says, And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment, And said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. Now this is a fascinating verse. The Bible doesn't say they opposed Paul. It says they opposed themselves. Uh, the, The phrase was a battle phrase, literally to set the battle in array. They were fighting against themselves. Did you know when people reject the truth, they're fighting against themselves? This is a turning point verse because from this moment forward, the apostle Paul is going to turn to the Gentiles. Verse 7 says, And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justus, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, 
the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. This is tremendous. He moves in. The apostle Paul moves into a house, and the next-door neighbor gets saved. And the next-door neighbor is not just any neighbor. He is the chief ruler of the synagogue. I'm going to tell you, when the Lord shows up, when the gospel witness moves in next door, it makes a difference in those around them. And it's in that context that we come to Acts 18, verse 9 and 10. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Corinth was difficult. The Apostle Paul is facing opposition both before he got there and after he arrives. Uh, there's, there's spiritual warfare going on. He's surrounded by worldliness. Uh, I would point out to you, it was in the night that the Lord spoke to him, so it was in the dark hours. You see, there's both a work and a warfare in the Lord's work. And there are seasons when all of us are prone to worry and to wonder. And it's in the midst of that that the Lord Jesus says to him, I am with thee. You see, there's rest in the midst of the warfare. There's rest in the battle. There's, there's rest in the midst of the difficulty. Where is that rest? The rest is found in the presence of Almighty God. Think about all that would happen in Corinth. Uh, Paul was supposed to be there. Just because it was difficult didn't mean he wasn't supposed to be there. It was in Corinth that Paul would get a word about the growth of the work of God in Thessalonica. It was in Corinth where Paul would receive a financial gift from the church at Philippi. It was in Corinth where Paul would write the Spirit-inspired letter to the believers in Rome. It was in Corinth where God would build a church that would touch the world. In the midst of a wicked, worldly place, Christ was still building his church and using his servant. Charles Spurgeon said of this portion of Scripture that the Lord's promise showed the presence of Jesus, the sympathy of Jesus, and the cooperation of Jesus. I like that. I am with you. Uh, speak, hold not your peace. Nobody's going to hurt you. I have much people in this city. Do you see all the encouragement the Lord brings to Paul in the midst of his difficulty? Let me give you just a few observations, if I may. First of all, when you come into God's presence, he will give you boldness. The first words out of Jesus' mouth to him are these words, be not afraid. He'll put fresh courage in you. Then he not only will give you boldness, but when you come to rest in his presence, he'll give you wisdom. Because the Bible says here, speak and hold not thy peace. God will tell you what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. And then God's presence will not only give you boldness and wisdom, it will give you protection he says, I'm with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. Nobody's going to hurt you. Uh, you're in God's hands. God's going to take care of his servants. It was George Whitfield that famously said, I am immortal until God is finished with me. I like that. Look, friends, your times are already appointed. God has his eye on you. He has you in the palm of his hand. He has everything under control. Rest in that. He will give you boldness and wisdom and protection. And then God's presence will also give you fruit because notice he says to Paul, I have much people in this city. God always has a remnant. God always has his people, and he's always continuing to take out a people for his name. I have no doubt that Crispus getting saved encouraged the apostle Paul, but the Lord is saying to Paul, I have more people than that, and my work is bigger than you can imagine. And in the end, God's presence will give you endurance. 
the ability to press on. You see, the Apostle Paul stayed longer in Corinth than any other city. Of all places, such wickedness, such worldliness, such warfare. Did you know the Apostle Paul spent a year and a half in the city of Corinth? God has much people, and God has you, and you have him. You ought to just say right now, Lord, thank you that you're with me. I rest in your presence. Someone once said that there are two rare things in this world. There's a young man who is humble and an old man who is content. Well, I want you to know if you learn to be humble, you can learn to be content. And here is Paul, the humble servant of the Lord, who is just content in Corinth in the midst of even the difficulty, keep pressing forward, doing the work of God. Why? For this one reason, Jesus said, I am with thee. And the writer of Hebrews records that he will never leave us and never forsake us. What was the Lord's last words to his first disciples? Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. My friend, you can rest today in the presence of Almighty God. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment. And we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.